We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The Bucks won a f***ing NBA championship. Yeah! What? What? He tries to take a pulse, baby. Watching that basketball game, like, caused health problems for me. Boogie hates racism and Chris Paul. And who cannot get on board with that platform? If I've learned a lot, this, I, I'm not going to say it. That sounds too good. That was good. Roll on. No, 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 no. If the Bucks do win it all, Pat Connaughton's numbers should be in the rafters. Hey there, welcome to the Eurostep Milwaukee Bucks podcast, proudly a part of the Eurostep Podcast Network, aka GSPN, and the Blue Wire Podcast Network. I am Ty Windish, one of your hosts, joined as always by the bouncing back Rohan Kadi, bouncing back from VK. Rohan, how's it going? Welcome home, sir. Thank you. It's good to be back. Thank you to Numak for filling into my place uh, last week. Amazing job. And you had a great pod with Matt Moore. Yeah. Yeah. I-, I thought it was good. A lot of people didn't like it, which I understand. Awards, races are contentious. We're going to dive back into them shortly. We're going to talk about the Bucks' West Coast trip first. We're going to save MVP for last. A lot of people are talking about MVP. I think there's actually some more interesting. Wait, Ty, a lot of people are talking about MVP. Couple, I didn't couple people. notice. Couple people I didn't are talking about MVP. We don't have we, we don't have Celtics fans, Bucks fans, and Sixers fans uniting for like defensive stats. No, we don't. Um, I don't think we do because now I think I would no no. But the funniest yeah. interaction I've seen. I know we'll talk about it later. Yeah, yeah. But just to set the scene, I've seen. I've seen the trainer of Joel Embiid oh, quote tweet Sixers fans or quote tweet Celtics fans, excuse me, agreeing with them and then replying to Bucks fans saying, "Yeah, this is a good take." So it's just like That's it's, wild. it's it's just insane. Well, you can't look at him as a Sixers person though because he trains a lot of people now. So I've noticed That's like true. Tyrese Halliburton. Like it's funny because you go on his feed and it's like Embiid. Embiid is so good. Jokic sucks, and then like randomly sprinkled in there. It's like. Tyrese Halliburton's also great. He's not up for anything, but this guy rules too. It's kind of funny. Did Drew you Hamlin? We're talking. Yeah, about yeah. Um, did you listen to the Low Post with Howard Beck? Not yet. There, it's actually pretty spicy. So, I mean, you know, some takes or whatever in there, but uh, they they go after him, Hanlon, and Daryl Morey. They really go after Daryl Morey for. The the kind of they compared it to politics the way that he is opining for Embiid's MVP and I was like wow like 
directly both of them were like, hey, it's different for fans or whatever. But when you're a team executive acting like this, and I didn't, I hadn't, wasn't aware he was that shameless. And you look at some of the tweets and it's like, yeah, it's a little, oh yeah, little, little chumpy there, the way you're going about it. Just like pushing the agenda, ignoring everything else, twisting everything. It's, it's a dark place that discourse is in, but hopefully we can bring a little bit of light to Bucks fans discourse, right? Rohan, isn't that what we're here for? That is what we're here for. And if you like that, make sure you mm. subscribe wherever you're listening to this podcast platform of choice, YouTube, wherever. Check out gspn.info for all yes. our links. Do that. Stay and with us. Stay with us. Okay. So the Bucks are on a West Coast trip, Rohan. Didn't start. Well, it started okay, actually. I'll say this as I adjust your box on YouTube. I, going into the Warriors game, before I knew if Giannis would play or not, I said, it's going to be a tough game to win, man. Steph is back. Even Wiggins is out, which hurts them. Warriors fans were tweeting like, Gary Payton 2 is out. Like, okay, man. You traded for a guy with a busted up on the, you can't, you can't call that one. That's, that's, that's a bridge too far. But Wiggins is out, but they're so good at home, right? We know this. Like, they have the same amount of home and road losses, which is both impressive and, and also an indictment on a team at this point in the season. But we know this. And the Bucks had a chance to win. Without Giannis, and they fumbled it, which stinks. I Chance mean, to win. They should have won. Yes. They, well, it, it depends where you slice it, though. I mean, there was a point in the third quarter where I thought the game was going to be over and it wasn't going to be competitive. So, yes, there was a point in the fourth quarter where they should have won. They are up eight with like a couple minutes left, if, if that. And, you know, Chris falls over, which the last two-minute report said should have been a foul on Clay Thompson. Drew turns it over. That one was unforced. And then Steph Curry gets loose and goes bananas, blocks Drew at the rim. I don't, I don't even care about the L2M. Like that, that yeah, doesn't phase me. I know. Like, they blew it. Yeah. Yeah. But it's like, it's, it's the Drew Holiday dribbling the ball out of <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I wasn't mad when he, and I don't, I don't like people saying it was, oh, Steph fouled Drew. They're never going to, it was a great play. It was a great play. If they, if, if a buck made that play, I guess it would have to be like Grayson because you would expect this from Drew or Giannis or someone. But if Grayson made that play and they called a foul, we'd all be mad, right? Like the last – the heat of the moment like that, you got to let the guys play. And and I, I'm not mad that they did that. Uh, but the Bucks blew it. It's disappointing to be able to lock in a win right away on that road trip. Would have been really nice going into a tough back-to-back Monday and Tuesday against Sacramento and Phoenix. But also this is not a game I really expected the Bucks to win. It's just disappointing two Saturdays in a row to have a chance to beat a good team on national TV and then blow it. I have seen the take in, in our GSPN Discord, which you should join at gspn.info. The link is in there. Um, and on Twitter of like, just, you know, is it worrying they can't beat good teams? And I mean, I would say not really because they had good teams beat and just blew it. And, and I don't think for reasons that we will see replicated down the stretch. But what are, what are your thoughts on, you know, these the only two losses since late January, both being this kind of the two, probably two of the better teams are the two best teams they played in that stretch, and they bungle both in the fourth quarter. Starting with the Sixers game, um, it's, it's a little, like, disappointing because, you know, you have a chance, like you mentioned, to make that sort of statement game. And, of course, like a losing streak coming to an end is unfortunate. And especially when you have a chance, you have a lead where you're like, okay, you should just close this thing out and not just fumble the bag. Those things happen. It's a game in March. It was March 4th, something like that. Something, yeah. 
Um, it's uh, it fine. Was, it's, it was, yeah, fourth. It was a week before Saturday, I believe. Yeah. So these things happen. As long as it doesn't happen in April, May, that's that's fine. Uh, the Warriors game was actually very encouraging. It's, it's disappointing because yeah. you obviously lose. But this Warriors team fully put together, like obviously, like you mentioned, they don't have Andrew Wiggins. And without Andrew Wiggins, they're not going anywhere. Uh, hope everything is okay with him and his family. Yeah. Uh, it's This is a team that should be up there in terms of being a Western Conference contender. Now that they've got Steph back, Steph is one of the best players in the world, as he showcased on uh, on Saturday. Uh, this team is something that, like, they're, they're a very, very good team. And the Bucks almost won this game. They didn't have Giannis, Ty. Like, what am I supposed yeah. to take away from this game when it's like, what What does anything matter if they don't have Giannis? Like, like you should you should take every loss to be like, oh, something to reflect on. This game doesn't really do it for me because they had a chance to be a good team without Giannis. And they've, like I said, they should have won that game against a really good team at home where they've been really, really elite at home. And you almost win without Giannis. How can yeah. you not have anything but good takeaways from that? Well, I, I think the, the response would be, and, and I don't totally dismiss this, that they just make too many mental errors, right? Like, that's why they lost the game. It wasn't getting out executed or anything schematic. It was, you know, Chris, whether Clay got under him or not, like, totally loses loses control and fumbles the ball in that drive that probably could have put the game away. And then Drew just needed to wait and get fouled and, and dribbles out of bounds accidentally. And it's just like a lack of execution down the stretch, which I think that is concerning. We've also seen the Bucks be way too turnover happy a lot of the time when they lose or, or play close when they shouldn't this season. You know, those are things that have to be cleaned up. But I think the reason that that kind of stuff doesn't move me too much is we've seen this core go win a championship together and we know they have what it takes. And I think that confidence both that the team carries and that we can carry knowing that watching the team just means I'm not going to be as moved by this stuff, as you mentioned, in earlier mid-March when, again, these, we're, we're really closely analyzing this. We could look at 20 wins in that same span. They're 20-2, and two, I think, in their last 22 games. You're going to lose sometimes. Like, weird stuff is going to happen. I mean, I'm not – again, there's real issues that I, we talked about and we'll always continue to talk about. But also, like, you're just going to lose some games because something weird happens or something crazy happens. I mean, this Warriors game, without Giannis, Jermichael Green and Dante DiVincenzo scored 28 combined points on, like, 70% three-point shooting. Like, were they giving Jermichael Green open shots? Yes. Every team has all season. And he hit them all, which is great. I mean, role players at home, that's going to happen sometimes. But it took all that and Steph going ballistic in the second half. Are I mean, you always going to be playing against former first-round picks that you trade away? No. Yeah, no, you're not. And I'll say the Philly game, I thought it was almost entirely. Now, again, also, I want to say this, you know, we're going to nitpick the bad buck stuff because that's more important to us and our lens going forward. In the Philly game, James Harden, who looks like an all NBA level player again, was ballistic in the fourth quarter. And that's why they won. Like if that doesn't happen, they don't win, even with Giannis not playing well. That's the other thing I think. From that game, Giannis had an unseasonably bad fourth quarter when he could have taken them home. I don't expect that to happen again. We've we've seen enough, right? Like I, I think I can safely say there's no right-minded Bucks fan who's going, not sure if we can trust this Giannis Antetokounmpo guy in the fourth quarter. 
Trust Giannis for life. Gets a pass forever. Lifetime benefit of the doubt, right? Lifetime benefit. Thank you. I I couldn't remember how the way I said it. Like, I'm not worried about that. And Harden goes off, and that's why they win. This game, Giannis isn't even playing. And the rebounding is horrible, in large part, probably because Giannis wasn't playing. What's the the opposite of benefit of the doubt? Um, There's definitely a phrase that would – we're going to get a lot of replies because we're not going to be able to think about it now. Whatever that phrase is, apply that to James Harden in the playoffs. Yeah, fair. Um, But he was great in that game. I'm just saying, like, it took that plus. And in this game, they don't have Giannis, and it took Steph having – I mean, you look at his stats by the end of the game. He had 30-some, a block, a lot of rebounds. Like, he did nothing for, like, two, two two-and-a-half quarters in this one. Like, he was insane on both ends to to put this game away. Like, it took a lot of things, including the Bucs playing unseasonably poor – and the opposition just like, okay, we're just going to be insane now. The kind of things that happen once or twice if you're the better team in a seven-game series. That's what both of those games felt like to me. It's like, oh, yeah, that's the game three where you just lose because, you know, things don't go right. And we've just seen this Bucks team go through those games and then power through and win enough to advance. So, you know, there's some concerning things, but I still, and I know I'm broken record with this, if they're healthy, that's all that matters. Like, if they're going to get healthy, I still think that they're the best team in the league. I want to talk about one more thing before award stuff. A guy who's not going to be up for any awards. Jay Crowder. A lot of people are concerned he's not playing as much. I have a theory for this, but I want to know your thoughts on the rotation and Crowder's minutes. I think he's a guy that hasn't played all season up until he got traded to the Bucks, and they're going to ramp up his minutes. Yeah, he played more earlier, which I think is why people are are questioning it more. Um, I, I just think it's going to be a little matchup dependent. And like the Warriors, especially with Wiggins out, there's not a clear cover for him there. And I think that plays into it, right? Like you're not – you don't need him, quote unquote, in that game. Would he have helped? And that's, sure. That's why you, why you get a guy like Jay Crowder and what we've been talking about since the Bucks got Jay Crowder is how versatile they are, how many options they have. And a consequence of having that many options is that not everyone is going to play every single every single opportunity. Like, you're going to have times where Jay Crowder is not the option. The point of getting him was to have options, not for him to be the only one. Yes. And I want to say more than that, though. Like, I think I, – and I get why people want this, right? I'm getting, like, people – you know, and, and I tried to, like, really – after losses, again, hasn't been many lately, but – Bucks Twitter and just in general can just be very negative. But I was trying to just like really have conversations with people on there. And I had some good ones. I will say that. Just like, you know, talking through instead of just like being mad. And I, I heard a couple times this sentiment of like it was a playoff-like game. Like I wish Bud would have coached like it's the playoffs. He's just not going to. Like we know Chris is playing the whole overtime if it's the playoffs. Like I'm sorry. I, I know what the medical says. If it's actually the playoffs, he's playing the whole overtime. Like we know this. Giannis is playing in general, and I think Crowder's probably playing more. Just because a game has a playoff-like feel, though, we know the Bucs aren't going to treat it like a real playoff game in the regular season because they want to win the real playoff games and make sure that, I, I think the way I put it is Crowder doesn't bust a tire because he plays 35 minutes against the Warriors. You know, they, they don't need they don't need that game as much. And you can say, yes, they should really get the one seed. They're still the one seed right now. It's not like they lost any shot at that because they lost a game in in, in uh, San Francisco, which is either the hardest or second hardest place to play this season. And Denver shouldn't even count because there's 
an external factor there. It's a freaking mountain. Um, you know what? You know where's a top place to play and one of the hardest places to play? Where? Iser Forum. Yeah. The Bucks have one of the best home records in the NBA this year. I believe they still have the best in the East this year. Yeah, I think Denver and maybe the Warriors both are better now overall after the Philly loss. Um, um, yes, yeah, so the Bucks are 28 and 6 at home. Uh the Nuggets are 30 and 6. Hmm. Same losses. The, the Warriors are 28 and 7, so the Bucks actually wow. have a better home record. That's pretty wild to think about. Um yeah, the Warriors did not blow me away. It's like Steph is holding this thing together entirely. I don't, but they win without him. It's very strange. Also, we should mention they didn't have Jonathan Kaminga either. Oh yeah. Well, got to you. Got to respect the comebacking time. <laughs> Should have known. The explicit pod now. Um, what do you mean? The voice well, 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 just, just, just. But with Crowder, I think it's certainly. It's referencing the gas station. Come and go. All right. Um, I, I think there's a ramp up with Crowder. Um, and he's going to be coming and going this season. And but I think he's going to be steady in the rotation. Um, with a K. Um, uh, all of these have been with a K. Yeah, except for Crowder. His name is spelled with a C. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'd say a take. I don't know. I, I I'm done. I'm, I'm, I'm lost <laughs> in the world now. <laughs> say a take. We don't find together yeah, for two weeks, and then you come in here on a rampage like this with a K. <laughs> Here's my take. Here's my take. And overall, I think I mentioned this before. Like, just as we start to transition away from this, away from this one singular Warriors game, I would not get too upset if you're a Bucks fan over the specific intricacies of what went wrong during this game because they all felt like outliers. And like you mentioned, they're not going to really come to fruition during playoff time. Like you mentioned, Chris Middleton is going to play the entire overtime in a playoff game. He's not just going to come in as a closer. Uh, Drew Holiday is hopefully not going to dribble the ball out of bounds on a consistent basis when he has the ball. That's more of a second quarter Drew thing. I I was surprised he timed that in the fourth. Yeah, fourth quarter Drew. It's you called it. Like he took Uh, over. But then, kind of, it kind of it it faded away. He got a downstock for a reason. Yeah, yeah. Chris, Uh, Chris's was tough. But it, really, that one play was so bad. And, you know, it wasn't the greatest defensive performance from him. I, he got a lot of steals early, but after that, not great. Yeah. And again, Giannis is going to play. Like, yeah. At the end of the day, you're not going anywhere if you don't have Giannis. So, yeah, yeah. if Giannis play, you just have to contextualize it in the sense that Giannis didn't play. Do you think some of the extreme specificity with Chris's minutes and when he does and doesn't play is a little silly? A little bit sometimes, but that's sometimes, all minutes restrictions in my opinion. Yeah. The Bucks and their medical staff have been really, really good at this in the past. They're, they're which strict. is why I'm like it's it's why why I'm a little concerned about why they're being so stringent with Chris. Yeah. In the sense that they usually get guys back to full strength where they're capable of playing a lot of minutes before they actually bring them back. And so you never really have to worry about minutes restrictions. But Chris is the first guy in a while where he's come back and even he's come back for like what? 20 games now i think it's been yeah and it's just it's it's still and it's still a thing which yeah. is concerning yeah he's up to like 30 and now it, right it, it really it, this is this is a i'm not we're not going to get into this now because it'll take too long but it really it really makes them not getting a contract extension done in the off this past off season it, it brings that into light 
Yeah, I mean, def- I, I still, I, I've reached a point now where I just think we're going to see the player option accepted. And maybe there's an extension on top of that, which is, which is permissible. Um, and they're looking to change the extension rules. I don't think it would do much for Chris's situation. Um, depending on when the CBA is done, maybe the next time he'd be up for an extension. Might help with Giannis, might help with Drew. Um, but yeah, I think we're getting the player out, which is fine. I think if he takes a player, even if he plays on the player option for a while, I think that that's totally fine. I mean, again, I've laid, again, it's not for this pod, but 2024 is a clear pivot point opportunity for the Bucks as long as they don't trade that 29 first before them. The road trip. So we got the injury report that we were looking for before we recorded this pod here on Sunday night. So if anything changes, sorry. Giannis is questionable with the right hand soreness. We saw him. I thought this was encouraging, actually. And I'm already going to mark it as explicit so I can swear now. Because if you're Kaminga, I'm just going to do it just to be safe. Just they're gutting the shit out of his wrist, dude. Like hard. And I was like, okay, feel free to correct me. We know you know more about medicine and science than I do. I know more about magic though. Um, I feel like if his wrist was really badly hurt, that's probably not how you would go about treatment, right? Like if it was something that's like bad, I don't know. Is that a dumb take? I don't think it's necessarily a dumb take. Uh, we, I know we more, don't know. I know there's so much we don't know. But there's like so general. much we don't know. That's what I was about to say. Yeah. It's hard to really tell because you could you could use the you could be theragunning the shit out of something. Yeah, and it's just because it's sore. Yeah, you could honestly, if you're honest, it could just be like a it, you just it just feels nice. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, I, we I don't didn't mean. Know. Well, I just like if it was like you know like secretly fractured or whatever people are worried about. If like it was I, fractured, I imagine that you would, would hurt. not be doing. Yeah, it. exactly. So I just feel like. You know, I didn't have anything on it. And at first I was like always kind of tending to it. And then I just see him like going in with that thing. And I was like, all right. Like I feel like – I mean maybe it's still – maybe it's just sore and they don't want to push it. He told Anscaped he wants to play against the Kings on Monday. We'll see. I do think – here's my intuition. I've been pretty – not to toot my own horn. I'm going to blow a lot of him now. I've been pretty good lately with these. Like Giannis coming back, Crowder, Chris starting. I kind of – Kind of was on that, Chris starting with the game that Giannis and Drew are out, and he started since. So we'll, we'll see if I can ride this high. I think he plays one of the two games, uh, the the remaining West Coast games. So it's, like I said, the back-to-back, Sacramento, and then Phoenix. The Kings are red hot right now. They're rolling. I believe they're in sole control of two. Yeah, if they Den- are. Denver keeps fucking around. I mean, I think it's too far gone at this point. It's five. It's five games. Denver's losing to everybody, though. I don't think it matters, but they are – they just lost to the Nets. I believe they lost to the Spurs and the Bulls also. Yep. They Nicole lost Jokic the... just – I got 11 assists. Oh, what? Oh, we lost? No, I'm just kidding. I don't think he doesn't. The, I don't, I don't the think defensive does. Raptor is going insane. That game – it should be another loss. They got bailed out in that game. The Nuggets did. The Raptors game? game? The Raptors game. Oh, I was just talking about the stat. Oh, oh, the, I thought you meant the Raptors. Um, anyway, Raptor. Um, <laughs> it's become such a buzzword. I know. Uh, we'll get in it. Well, let's well, let's finish the West Coast yeah, yeah, trip, then yeah. talk awards. Um, what are your predictions for the trip? And do you think Giannis plays at least one of the games? I think Giannis plays at least one of the games. I think they go one and one. I think I hope here's so. what I. Here's what I think. I think they lose the game that Giannis plays and win the one he doesn't. <laughs> so we're not going to see Kevin Durant. For, things are getting a little no. tight for Phoenix, I think. 
little tight. We know CP is not making it through whenever their playoff run is done without something. Now KD is out. Getting hurt until maybe maybe part of the first round. I think they were a little aggressive with their reavail because that the initial timeline and then the second one that the team put out was like half of it. I was like, okay, we'll see. I hope so. I hope he's back. The in initial two weeks. reporting I will say might have been a little generalized, generalized and a little incorrect. Okay. Little, little. It was it was from not the most reputable source. Okay, Roger. I don't even remember what it was. So uh, we'll see. Hopefully, he can be back. I mean, I think their path to winning the West is is right there, as it is for a couple other teams. Which... I think I think they lose against the Kings and then beat the Suns. And Giannis plays against the Kings. I think that makes sense. The Kings game is going to be hard. The Kings are good on offense, and I just don't know. If the Bucs are going to be able to take advantage. I mean, if Giannis plays, though, man, DeMontis Sabonis is your five against Giannis? Harrison Barnes. Against Giannis? Yeah. I kind of think they win. I think Giannis plays one or two games. I think they win however many he plays. Mm. I'm going to go the opposite of you. And I like your prediction, and I can totally see that. I want to spice it up, though. Although my job. I know. It certainly was earlier this pod. Although I do think Phoenix without KD is just, you know, Booker has to just be electric, and we do have Drew Holiday for that. Mm-hmm. I, I don't who, know. Who Devin Booker sees in his nightmares? Probably. I don't think uh, I don't think they go winless. I know people are worried about this, and honestly, I wouldn't I wouldn't panic if they did. I mean, it's three good teams, and it's. Three and four nights. This is like such a – I was looking at Boston's West Coast trip they're on right now, and it's still hard to win on the West Coast. And that's obviously who people are going to schedule watch the most right now, right, is the Celtics. Probably going to have to start watching the Sixers soon too because they're creeping up. But it's like all the bad teams. That's their back-to-back is bad teams. It's like four bad teams in a row. And then two full days off. And then I forget which good team they play at the end of it. I, mean, I think Sacramento as well. And then they come back. And I was like, I wish the Bucks had that. I would love to see Bucks Kings not as the first night of a back to back. Oh well, and the third game in four, or the, the second game in three. What the hell am I? The second game in three nights. Fair. That's very fair. Um, but and then yeah. the other news from the injury report. Do you have? You want to add something? No, go ahead. Go ahead. Wes Matthews is probable. So yeah, we'll have to do another rotation pod. I think soon because. It's too much for this one pod, and there's a lot of guys to talk about. But do you think we do you think we see him? How much do we see him, Wes? Given that we're already talking about, there's no minutes for Crowder. I think this is our first pod together, you and I, since Goran Dragic was signed. Yes, um, he hasn't played yet. He was available but didn't play. It was like okay, cool, I guess. I think that's I think that's a good indication of what his role is. I think probably, do you, which is, is a good sign. Because at first I was like, oh, did they need to make him active? But I was like, no, they have almost no one else is hurt. I don't think they needed to. I think Lindell was one of the inactives. Yeah, and he could obviously. He's Lindell played like 60 minutes in a day or something. Like he's Lindell will play if there's minutes. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I think Goran Dragic not playing is probably a good indication that he is the break glass in case of emergency guard. But yeah. it's also like, I want to see what he's got. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Well, I think I think one of these games we probably see. I think so too. I think, uh, I think we'll see one, of, one of these games at the back to back. 
Probably against the Suns. Oh, revenge homecoming, game. Homecoming game, yeah. Revenge game for him and Javon. Do we get Brandon Knight back? What's Isaiah Thomas? I doing? wish, dude. Isaiah Thomas is tweeting. I can confirm that. Tweeting. I've seen it. Brandon Knight. I don't want Bledsoe, but Brandon, I'll you know, get the other two. No, Brandon Knight is like a, a vlogger now, damn near. He's yeah. got some good his, posts on Instagram. His IG's popping. It is. It's a good. It's a good page to follow. Very positive. I like that energy. Yeah. I'm excited to see him too. I, I mean, I think he's going to be fine. I do. I'm no longer worried at all that he's going to supplant Javon. And I don't even think Ingles, who continues to play well out of spite when we criticize his defense. His defense was even better after after I tweeted that in that game. Uh, you probably talk- looked at it at halftime. Someone's got to be like in his ear. Like they have um, former herd assistant Sidney Dobner, I believe, is the one who does their video replay. Maybe they got Sidney checking the takes too. Like, you know, all that's part of the job as well. It's like, hey, Joe, they're criticizing your defense, just so you know. And he's like, say less. Five for five from three, a couple of strip steals. Like I said, we got to slander more, unfortunately. Hate to do it. But I for, mean, the, for the good it, of the it, team. Yeah. It, it, we're we're doing it for the good of the team, like you mentioned, Ty. But yeah, I think we see Dragic play one of these games. I'd predict the game Giannis doesn't play. Yeah, I well, love how we're we'll assuming see. our predictions are correct. But if, if if Drew if Drew gets a night off, which I don't think that would make it really tough in either game if he does. I think they're going to sure. need that. They're going to need that defense um, against both of these teams with star guards. Yeah, Speaking, against Fox and Booker. Yeah. Yeah. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right. Well, that's the West Coast trip. I think, should we do awards? Yeah, let's talk about awards. Let's talk about, uh, which which one do you want to hit first? You pick. I'll, I'll read the odds. I've got the odds up as of at least... A couple days ago. Let's talk. Let's talk DPOY. Let's do it. So what? Tell me the odds right now. So I believe. Okay, I think this is as of a couple days ago. No, I'm actually. Give me. Give me a minute. I thought I had the good odds, and now okay, this I'll page talk. is saying so, last updated December. So I don't think it's good anymore. Okay, so we've got obviously the player that we're going to be talking about in relation to the Bucks for defensive player of the year is Brooke Lopez. Because he, in that Warriors game, he put on a clinic. And even aside from the Warriors game, like the previous game, he tied his career, sorry, set a career high with nine blocks. And he was gunning for that triple-double with blocks. He was absolutely gunning for it. And I was really hoping he would get it. But uh, 
it's just uh, it, it, he, he's been on another level defensively this season. And we honestly, as of late, his stretch has been really, really good. Like he's improved. I feel like his timing has gotten better on blocks. I feel like his, he's contesting more shots. He's moving so much faster. There's one play versus the Warriors. It was the game. It was the play where uh, Brooke, uh, excuse me, Drew Holiday, when he got the ball, dribbled the ball out of bounds. It was because Brooke Lopez had blocked a shot uh, at the rim. It was a Jordan Poole layup attempt. And that happened after he went and contested Steph Curry in the corner. He recovered to the rim to block a Jordan Poole layup all in one motion. And it's like, this is Brooke Lopez. This guy is in his mid-30s. He should not be doing this after coming off of back surgery last season. And I feel like this is something we've talked about all season long. But as of this, as of late, he's really starting to turn it on. I did not think that he had another gear to get to, but appear, it appears that he does. And he's hitting that gear as this team is ramping up for the playoffs. And I know there's a lot of other good candidates. And by a lot, I mean two. There's Jaron Jackson Jr. and there's Bam Adebayo. And in my opinion, I don't really think Bam should factor into this because that Heat are not a good enough defensive team overall. And whether that's unfair to Bam or not, I think the precedent is there for the defensive player of the year belonging to a top two defense. And the top two defenses this year are the Milwaukee Bucks and the Memphis Grizzlies. So it really comes down to Brooke versus Jaron. And even though, even though Jaron has a lot of the, like the fun block stats and stuff, if you want to look into the advanced numbers in terms of like actual uh, shots contested, field goal percentage shot against at the rim, Brooke Lopez is dominating those categories side. And if I, I'm obviously biased, but if I had to pick a can, uh, pick a winner right now, I'm picking Brooke. Okay. I got him. I believe. I think okay. this is DraftKings. I think from today, um, according to oddshopper.com. Yep, Sunday, March 12th. I knew I didn't have the right ones because, as I read, Brooke Lopez took the lead. I think after the Warriors game where he had what should have been a game-winning block, which unfortunately we covered, did not end up being such. And then the game before that where he had nine blocks, which is absurd. Brooke is minus 120. As you mentioned, you nailed it. Jaron Jackson, minus 110. So they're very, very close, those two. And then Bam is plus 1,000. Giannis, plus 2,200. Evan Mobley, up plus 2,500. He should probably be a little closer. But I think people are like, ah, is it him? Is it Jared Allen? Anthony Davis, plus 4,000. Sometimes I think they they just throw a Laker on here to take people's money. I think Brooke is surging at the right time, a.k.a. close to the end of the race. And I think... The Grizzlies, you know what's it's it's kind of unfortunate really for Jaron, who he got to be an all-star though, which is kind of ridiculous. So I guess it evens out. I think the Grizzlies kind of exploding is probably gonna end up losing him this race because the Bucks are the best team in the league. They continue to win with defense. Brooke continues to really show out in these big games that are really meaningful. Meanwhile, Memphis is kind of spiraling and I think more than just the narrative of the Grizzlies not playing as well, Steven Adams makes guys look a lot better on both ends, including Jaron Jackson. And I think not having him for so long is is tough. So I think the Grizzlies are kind of spiraling, and we know the Bucks have done the opposite of that. And I think that's helping Brooke make his case. Obviously, Brooke being the be- like you know having the best defensive season, being the best defensive player this year 
is the only reason you can win. I'm not saying he's not deserving, but I think the circumstances are lining up. And I really, really hope he gets it because, as you mentioned, him doing this at his age, it's just remarkable. And it's it would be great if he got that recognition. And I think really – I think why I want this one particularly bad is I think it would be the ultimate proof that you know he had this incredible career rejuvenation. I, I just think it's so unprecedented – that he basically went – he completely changed player archetype and became a core piece of a championship team at in his mid-30s doing stuff that he couldn't do when he was in his quote-unquote prime. I think this is Brooks' prime to be honest. That's what it looks like to me. But it's really cool and I think that would be like – don't you agree like kind of the ultimate cherry on top of like, you know, yes, everyone who watches ball knows what he can do, what he is, how important he is. But that trophy would be like, okay, this is like forever now. Like people are going to look through and if they're not too familiar, go, Brooke Lopez, like wasn't he the back to the basket? And it's like he was and then, you know, he just got better. He just became a defensive player of the year. I think this would be the perfect cherry on top for Brooke Lopez's career, like you mentioned. And it's really, it's also like a, it's, I don't want to, I don't want to say it this way because it means, I don't want to say it's a lifetime achievement award because it's like that kind of takes away from that he sort of insinuating that he's not deserving of the award this season, which he absolutely is. But I think that's almost a separating factor is that it can be a lifetime achievement award while also being incredibly deserving this season is like, that's, that's in my opinion, what pushes him over the edge because who knows if that's going to be able to happen again. Like if Brooke Lopez is going to be able to, you know, put together a defensive season like this again, he's obviously going to be first team all defense. Like, that's going to happen. Yeah, it has uh, to at this point. Yeah, because I don't even think uh, defense – correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't believe defensive teams have the pos- same positional guidelines. That I, I, teams. I don't think so. I think some voters may do it that way because they're dumb, but I, I don't think they do. Yeah, and also you can count Jaron as a forward because he plays with yeah. Steven Adams. So. Um, uh, I, okay, I've got FanDuel now. These are all updated lines in one place. This has them tie – actually – no, this actually has Brooke at minus 110, Jaron at plus 110, Bam Adebayo at plus 1900. So it's at this point in the race, it's it's two, it's one of those two. Um and it's leading Brooke. I Which hope he is gets good. And I, I honestly think it's deserving. And yeah. Like you mentioned, it's a perfect it's a perfect I don't want to say capper because it, hopefully he's not done yet. I don't think but he is. But it would be. I think he, he said he's, he's not. He's absolutely. I think he said no, he's, he's not. not. Yeah. He's um, not done. The other thing that I think could be really cool, if Brooke gets it this year and remains with the Bucks, and if in the next like two years Drew Holiday wins, which I think is totally possible, would really validate my take that this is a generational defensive team. They would have three defensive player of the year. Which guys. I don't believe has been done before. I have to imagine it hasn't. I mean, that's a pretty the last insane. Time, the, the last time a team had two defensive player of the year winners on the same team was the Twin Towers. Houston? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I mean, adding that third one, and I don't think Drew was on the team when Giannis won. Was that the team? Was that the year they rampaged and where they went to it the, was bubble? the bubble? Yeah. But still, I mean, Drew was, you know, all in their in their primes defense. Like that's it goes to show that like their defense is truly ridiculous. Just for funsies, well, I've got the odds up. Rookie of the year. If you're betting on this, you're sick. Paulo's minus seven thousand. 
If you, do, if you don't know what lines are, real quick explainer. It's the easiest way to remember it, what, what they mean. Minus is how much you have to bet to win 100 bucks. Plus is how much you win if you bet 100 bucks. So if you wanted to get $100 that bad, you would have to place a $7,000 wager on Paulo Bancaro to win. Which, I mean, he's going to. I think there are people who will do that. I personally, I can think of a better way to earn $100 than to tie up seven grand for a month. But that that's where it's at. Next is uh, Matherin at plus 4,200. Jalen Williams at 6,500. He should be second, I think. He's having a remarkable season. J-Dub, yeah. I said, okay, see, I'll have two All-Stars next year. I feel good about that. I think J-Dub and Shea. I think it is J-Dub for Shea. And Shea, of course. Um, and who knows what Shed is? Yeah, I think All-Star Rookie won't happen, but I think J-Dub might, might get there. Who's the last All-Star Rookie? Was it technically Blake Griffin? Probably. Did he make it his first actual year? I know LeBron uh, didn't. Right LeBron now. did not, I'm pretty sure. It's it was really maybe hard. Shaq. Could have been Shaq. Um, let's rookies see. have been All-Stars. Yep, Blake. Most improved player. Did you did you tweet a Javon Carter take for this? I did. It would be nice. It's not happening, clearly. He's not no. listed. Also, but. before before you read the odds, it's Blake Griffin, Yao Ming did it, Tim Duncan, Grant Hill, Shaq, Dikembe, E-Rob, you. There's a lot of guys. Marjan got robbed. I know. <laughs> um, Larry Market in his favor. Jalen Brunson's right there. This might be a good race. Shea is also on there. I don't get that. I, I know it's, he's... It's it's the it's the leap from star to superstar. I guess. I think if they were uh and it's not his fault, but if they were like a real playoff team, maybe. But the fact that they just still suck, I know he's better, but I don't think it's enough. And that's why I, I kinda think Brunson may make a last minute push. Mikhail Bridges is on here, Tyrese Halliburton is on here. Tyrese has had some crazy games lately, by the way. Nick Claxton, why do you even list this? Plus twenty four thousand. I mean, I, I guess you bet ten dollars to win two two thousand four hundred bucks on Nick Claxton. I don't think it's, he's been quiet lately, though, so it's not happening. Um, Javon Carter, though, we said we talk about the Bucks players' cases. I do think, and I said this on playback, and we had a good discourse. He has a Join good our case. playback rooms, by the way. GSPN.info. Yeah. Um. I think he is the most improved buck this season. For I sure. think Drew Without got better. Doubt. Drew got better, but he was already great. Brooke, I think, got better, but again, also was really great. It's really just the, sh- the mobility and the shooting for Brooke, but I think you could argue he just kind of got back to where he was with the mobility. The shooting is a big deal. I think I would have Brooke second, Drew third, but Javon has gotten way better. and I, I would like it if he got – be- this is my Wes Matthews one-vote guy this year. Give me one Javon Carter vote for most improved, and I'll be happy. Yeah. It's he's he's been the most improved buck, like you mentioned, by a landslide. And it's just been it's been so good to see. Like just like just you you can't you can't help but root for guys like that. Yeah. A guy's bounced around. Guys who go on the Eurostep. Yeah, guys who come on the Eurostep, <laughs> obviously. Uh maybe that's a reason that he's done this. I've, I've been saying, man. I mean I mean it's Correlation equals causation. I've heard. Uh, You're the science uh, guy, so that's that must be true. Uh, but yeah, he's he's been he's turned into like Steph Curry this season in terms of like some of his shooting. Well, I mean, did you see the tweet I had that also had Steph stats? 
No. Oh my God. Javon is like top 10, I believe, in pull up three point percentage among players who have attempted at least 100. Steph is number one in percentage and he's made more than like anyone else has attempted. It's insane. And he's played less. Like Steph has played less minutes than Javon this season because of the injuries. And he's made like, he's like 150 for 243 or something insane, probably higher now on pull up threes. And Javon is like, made 80 of 100 and some it's so he's not quite Steph Curry but he has become one of the best 10 pull-up sh- three-point shooters in the league and I know some people roll their eyes at that shot but he makes it enough that it's worth it like it's it's and not a bad to, play you have to take these shots for guys to respect you as a shooter yeah it's establishing your own gravity a hundred percent I mean you know, could he pass Deionis more on the break probably sometimes but I think establishing himself as that threat will open up more passes to Giannis and everybody else on the team as well for sure. He's the most improved player. On the Bucks. On the Bucks. On the Bucks. Yeah. And in general. One vote. That's all I ask. This award I hate. I've all, I've never liked it. And this year I like it less than ever. The Jerry West Clutch Player of the Year. No, I I guess they just decided it's Fox. Uh, I think Drew will get some votes. I, I don't care about that award. I think it's dumb. Who wanted this? I just think it's what like who cares? Like in my opinion, like, sure. Like, why not? I just think it's it's dumb to make a full season award for, I mean, what it, most guys play like 100 minutes of clutch time, 200 minutes. Like, it's such a small part of the season. And you play more clutch minutes if you're on a bad team. Yeah. To, to, oh, De'Aaron Fox is not a bad team. Uh, but yeah, that's fair. That's they're, fair. On a, they're on a team that, you know, can struggle to win sometimes, uh, needs those clutch. Perf- He's been great in the clutch. I'm not going to argue, but it's kind of silly. Um, it's I have no take. It's the opposite of that, that Charlotte Hornets team with Kemba where it's like they lost like 100 consecutive games that went to clutch time. I think they just lost 100 consecutive games, period, <laughs> at one point, too. Uh, I have no take except for I think Fox is going to win and – I, if Drew finishes top three, I'll be happy. I don't know if he will, but he has been the king of the four. Outside of you know, maybe that maybe that game Saturday doomed him, um, dribbling out of bounds. But that was not very clutch. So I guess Fox would be deserving. I don't know. Do you do you care about that? No. Okay. Sixth man of the year. They don't, they don't even have this clutch thing on this page, by the way. Are they? Uh, can we not bet on who's clutch? That's ironic. That's ironic. You should think, feel like you can bet. I think it's because they have no idea how voters are going to vote on it yet. That's fair. And I don't think anyone even talks about it like in these conversations, really. Um, Malcolm Brogdon is currently the favorite at minus 125, which I kind of feel is like – kind of feels like the voters are just like, yeah, I guess that makes sense. They're a really good team. He almost he basically never starts. Sure. Emmanuel quickly is plus 140. Bobby Portis minus 1,000. Malik Monk plus or plus one thousand. Excuse me, um, not favored by a lot. Uh, Malik Monk plus sixteen hundred. Norm Powell plus forty six hundred. Russ still on here plus twelve thousand. Um, the the guy who's starting for the Clippers, and it's just you know lost a lot all year. His team's usually worse when he plays. Weird. I think Bobby's getting disrespected here. I think it's a little guy's award generally, and that's why. He has started a significant number of games, though, overall. And I don't know. How strongly do you feel about Bobby's candidacy for this award? I think it's it's he's not going to win it because he missed a stretch of games. 
He missed like what, 18 games or something? And it was the ones when the Bucks were really rolling where I think that was or probably or something. Yeah, that that would have been his chance to probably win if he's playing a lot on that winning streak and, you know, still leading the league in double doubles. Like you need something strong like that to be your case when you're not, you know, I'm the small guard on the good team or the mediocre team and I'm I score Williams. a lot. Yeah. I'm Jamal Crawford. Joe Ingles. No. He won one, didn't he? Yeah. No. Did he? I thought two guys thought on the Jazz won it. Won it. Oh, maybe he gave it to Clarkson. They were both up for it that year, which yeah, is pretty silly. Yeah, I think they finished 1-2. I think you're right. I think Clarkson. Clarkson definitely is the guy who won it. So, Yeah, I misremembered that. I, I, there was also a year when Lou and Trez were up for it on the Clippers, and it was like kind of weird if it's a sixth and a seventh man. I don't care. I do think it's a dumb – not a dumb award – I just think it's dumb, though. I think it's a good idea that is carried out dumb by the voters. Yeah. In 2020, 2021, Jordan Clarkson won. Yeah. Joe Ingles came second. Like, Andre Iguodala should have won one of the Warriors years. Like, I just think we don't – we don't – we being NBA voters don't vote on – I'm not a voter. I don't know why I said we. They don't vote on this one very smartly, in my opinion. Yeah. And plus, Iggy got a finals MVP, so I think it evens out. I mean, yeah, I just, I, but it's the principle. I, I don't care about Iggy, you know, at all. But um, the fact that he he tried to shoot in the Bucks Warriors game was kind of funny. I called that him. That was G- so funny. But he, just, I was like, this is gonna go very poorly as he was lining <laughs> up for the shot. And it was an air ball. GSW Haslam out there logging minutes. That's where the Warriors are at in their season. One of my favorite plays in NBA history is when Tyler Hero tried to throw a lob to UD. <laughs> he just fell game. over and he got up looking pissed. <laughs> It goes on Twitter every so often. But no, I don't care about Iguodala in particular, but I just think it goes to show how this award is. And while, like, I think Rookie of the Year, they've done a better job recently of not just giving it to the points guy. And I think Paolo is a deserving winner. I'm not talking about him. But, like, when Brogdon won it over Embiid slash Saric, you know, that idea. And I think there was another. Oh, no, I wanted, um, ironically, Miritich to win over Wiggins, but he didn't. Brogdon did win. I think we've seen some Rookie of the Year winners. It's like, okay, he's helping a team win more, and that should matter. I feel like that's not done enough with sixth man. It's all just like still this points thing. I mean, Brogdon helps them win, quickly helps them win, but it's still like usually it's a guard. And I just think why it doesn't have to be that way. It doesn't. It really doesn't. But unfortunately, the precedent has been set. Yeah. And I don't. Yeah. Like, like just to get back to Bobby, I don't feel like he's been disrespected because he missed a lot of time, like a significant portion of the season. But I do think like him, him not being there and Russ being there is just disrespectful. Well, he's ahead of Russ. I know he wasn't oh, he for a lot of, of the year. He's ahead of Russ. Yeah. Yeah. He's third. Oh, okay. He's plus a thousand. Russ is like plus 32,000 or something. So I think people keep putting Russ on their lists, but Bobby is, is much Way ahead of him in actual odds. Um, Bobby also started 18 of 56 games this season, which is not enough to disqualify him, but I think it is enough for people to kind of say, well, you know, he started a third or whatever of the games he's played versus Brogdon has started zero of 57, which is, you know, obviously that means 100% of the time he's been a sixth man. I think quickly started a few games. 13 of 68. So Bobby has started more total and percentage-wise of his games and missed some time. So 
It's too bad. I would like for him to win, but I do think it's probably going to be one of those guys. At least they're not chucking on a bad team. So I'm not overly mad. Yeah, I can't be I can't be too mad about it. Okay. Before we do NBA or MVP, what's all NBA? I want to do all NBA and all defense. My guess for all defense is they scatter Giannis, Drew, and Brooke. Is Giannis second team, Drew and Brooke first team? Maybe. I don't know. I think they should all – I think all three should be on an all-defensive team. I agree with that. We'll see if they are. I, I think all three, the way they played this year, and I don't – I wouldn't even be mad if Giannis was second because I think Drew and Brooke have had better defensive seasons despite the metrics and despite Giannis being a great defender. I think Drew. I think Drew and Brooke really deserve it, though. I I think so too. I think Giannis is probably going to be first team, and Drew is unfortunately going to be second team. That would stink. I think Drew is the best perimeter defender I think in the they, game. I think they all have a chance to make first team. They do. I I agree. It's tough. I think it's hard to put three guys. I want to know. Yeah, I want to know the last time a team, or if ever a team, has had three first team all defense guys. We'll have to look at that. Um, do you know the Pistons could be the first team to go winless against their division? I saw that sweet of yours. That's very sad. Four games left. One against the Bucs. The Bucs could be the one to spare them. Yeah. Um, Maybe they just give it to them out of, <laughs> out of pity. I mean, I see why. I was a little earlier because I've seen some stuff about, like, you know, Troy Weaver doesn't want to take a step back. He's kind of got to win. And I was like, oh, does he really? But when you said history, if, if they said history like that, it's pretty bad even for a tanking team. Like you should probably still have some respect or dignity at least. Anyway, I yeah, I, I think – do you think all three will make one of the teams? Or what, I think so. what percentage chance? I think all three will make all defense. Like, can, like you're very sure of it? I'm very sure of that. I think so. I'm a little, I'm a little worried about Drew actually. Didn't they last year? I, I think they did. And it's not because I don't think Drew has been good enough. I just think, but I don't know though. He's also getting some All NBA buzz, which we'll talk about now. Which, I mean, if he's going to get that, then you'd think he would certainly be able to get on the all, one of the All Defense teams, given that is his better side of the ball. I just think there's not a better perimeter defender in basketball. Like I don't think there's anybody else who is consistently making clutch, like game winning defensive plays the way he does. And I it was I remember like figuring this out the first year he was on the team and just realizing that Eric Bledsoe was an all-defensive player too. But there's just a difference between an all-defensive level player who's like very sound and Drew who is like a a playmaker on defense. And that's just those levels. And I think now that Kawhi is kind of aged out of doing that all the time, there's nobody on that level just constantly who's able to wreck games as much as Drew Holiday does. No, he's 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 a different type of guy on defense. Like like you mentioned with Bledsoe. I you, just, I I might be able to tell you this live. It's not breaking, but did you hear what Paul George said about him? Yes. Okay. Yes. The reason they got Russell Westbrook. Yeah, I I need to run like a deer and I can't have Drew Holiday guys guarding me. And we had to get Russ. And like as everyone pointed out, Giannis is going to guard Russ and not guard him if they ever meet up again. Um, yeah. I don't think they have a game left or if obviously, I mean, finals potentially. I don't think the Clippers are going to get there. Um, but 
just like hilarious. I think that's got to be you got to be first team all defense if a Western quote unquote contender blows up their team mid season because Paul George doesn't want to be guarded by that guy anymore. It's 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 the ultimate sign of respect. It's like oh shoot, we yeah. gotta sign Russell Westbrook. So yeah. somebody else has to deal with this guy, man. I'm sick of it. And it's like they're in an opposite conference. <laughs> yeah, that's but that's the guy he thought of. I mean, I know he meant a defensive out, like a one. But the yeah. fact that he said Drew, and again, that's a guy who's not been in the conference for years now. That shows you like he's the guy someone thinks about, not Marcus yeah, Smart, sure. not Mikael Bridges anymore, who I think. Taking on more offense, he's slowed down a little on that end. Still a great defender. Drew is the guy. It is Drew for sure. Uh, should we talk MVP? Uh, all NBA. Oh, all NBA, all NBA, yes. Giannis is first team. First we, team. We know guaranteed. this. Has to be. Does Drew Is he going to keep in? his unanimous streak up? Probably not. No? Well, is it? Is it? Oh, it's centers. Yeah, he will. Yeah, he will. Yeah, I, I was like, "What?" I, I was thinking, I was th- well. They people said he shouldn't have started the All Star game, so I was thinking front court. Remember, so I could have seen someone not voting for him if Jokic and Embiid could both be versus him. But since he's forwards, he has to be. Yeah, there's no forward. There's certainly not two, and I don't think there's any one forward who has a case to be better than Giannis this season. No, not a chance. And the and the voters have already established that Embiid and Jokic are both side. Yeah, they're they're stuck there. So one of those guys has to be second team, which is really dumb. But regardless, yeah, I think Giannis should be unanimous. Then I think he's first got to be first team. The question is, does Drew make a team? So I pulled up the All Star ballot results to see where he ranked in the East for the media rank. Okay. So here are the players who are ahead of him. Donovan Mitchell. I think that probably holds. I think Donovan will get one of the guard spots. And again, we'll have to do the West as well. Jalen Brown. I, I think Drew may have pulled ahead now. Uh, with the Bucks being better, so. more of a two-way impact. Tyrese Halliburton. That's an interesting one. I think the injury and the Pacers falling off means that I think Drew would probably be favored there. Um, for Kyrie Irving, not in the it doesn't matter. He's not in the conference, but I, I, I somehow doubt it. Uh, I somehow doubt that he would finish above Drew at this point. Uh, James Harden, maybe James Harden's having a great year. I, I think they're gonna they're gonna be battling for votes. Uh, who else here? Trey Young, no, no, I don't think so. No, Co- no. One coach fired, probably zero playoff games won outside of the play-in. Going to say no. Darius Garland, I think, is kind of kind of just falling off the radar a little bit. Um, a little I, bit. I don't think he'll be a competitor. So in the East, Donovan Mitchell, yes. James Brown, Jalen Brown, eh. James Harden, probably. I think that's kind of about – Jalen Brunson, though, has come on a lot. So he might contend for some votes as well. He was below at All-Star, but he's had a great second half. In the West, this is where it's going to get tough. Steph and Luca. I mean, assuming Steph plays out the year, those are probably the first team guys, I think. Right? I think so, yeah. I don't think Donovan has done enough to be first team compared to those two. John Morant. Not sure how that one's going to go. Not sure either. Games played might be something that comes into consideration. 
and just I mean maybe this is unfair. I do think the voters, especially for all NBA, kind of let the let off court factors play in. I think media voters in general. I mean, I think that's why Harden didn't end up making it, although he did okay in media votes. Is like the trade requests and everything, and wanting to go back to Houston. We've seen guys penalized for that before. You know, I, I don't know if how Ja will make it through there. Shea, Gilgis Alexander, big games played thing there. I, I think Shea's probably had a better season when he's played than Drew Holiday. His team isn't that good. You know, they're down. They're fighting for play-in right now. Shea has missed a good amount of games, continues to miss more. Damian Lillard, De'Aaron Fox, Devin Booker, though. That's going to be hard. It is. It is. It's going to be... There's just, have, the problem have, is there's so many good guards. They have Anthony Edwards here. Is he not a forward? No, he's a guard. Oh, that's tough too. I don't think he's going to make it because they're bad, but he's also having a great season. He is. I don't think Drew makes it. Steph and Luca, Mitchell and Dame. I feel like those are probably locks. Yeah. Maybe people hold it against Dame that they suck, but he's been so good. He's been so good. And then it's like... Drew has to be second among Ja, Shea, Fox, Booker, Edwards, um, and whoever, Harden, and the other guys in the East. Brunson. It's going to be tough. I think I think he's above Harden. It's just, I don't think he's going to make it. I, I will say it's encouraging. I've seen some buzz from non-Bucks people on it that I kind of wonder if he's just going to be a consensus like, we think he deserves one, and he's been great. Like Simmons has been on it, Bill Simmons, for a little bit. I think I've seen a little bit of else too, of like, oh, he's been really good this year. I think he's going to – of course, you know, it doesn't really matter to you sit down and actually figure out the ballot. And sometimes, you know, I, I don't know if we'll do a, a mock one this year. I've done them in years past. Sometimes you go in really wanting to put someone on there, and then you just kind of can't. Maybe that's how it goes with Drew. I don't know. It might. That's. I think we should. We should do one near the end of the year. Yeah. Something. In Let April. us know if you want us to do that. Uh, but yeah, one guy. Does Brooke make it? Oh, maybe. I think he should actually. That. Uh, ooh, great question. Because it's you, you. got one center spot. Yeah. Yeah, we know it's, it's Jokic, it's Jokic and Bead. I was thinking this the other day. You know what? I bet they're going to give it to Sabonis. Oh, yeah. Has he had a better year than Brooke, though? That's hard to parse. It is. I mean, they've given, I a, think he, a, they've I given think he several has. to Gobert. And, like, he's, like, worse than Gobert is not kidding. Him. No, not this year. I, I just mean precedent-wise. I'm just going through the list of centers. Like, who's – maybe Bam? Bam. Bam will be up there. I don't know, though. I think he's uh, kind of faded a little Jared bit. Jared Allen? I don't know. No, I, I don't think that's that's happening. Uh, pick whichever 6'8 guy on the Raptors? <laughs> Pertle. Sorry, no, they have Pirtle. 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 I mean, they'll, they'll tell you Pirtle should be first team the way he's changed their team. And now they're like, a mid-play I'm just trying to think of good centers, like Aiton. I don't think. Uh, I think it's going to be Sabonis is AD? the big competition. AD, maybe. They love Lakers. All we hear about is Lakers, 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 Lakers. Yeah. Have you heard, Ty, that the Lakers have a chance against Denver in the playoffs? I don't think that's ridiculous. 
if they're Have healthy. Yeah, no, I, 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 I mean, I, I, no, I, I mean, it's, it's both annoying because we have to hear about them so often, but it's also like, I mean, especially if they get seven, if they end up with seven, which I think is going to be tough for them, Kings or Grizzlies, I, I think they don't, I almost wonder if they'd rather see Denver than the Kings, to be honest, because I feel like old man LeBron does not want to run with Fox and the Kings all series, but if LeBron and AD, and it's the biggest if I ever get healthy, I, 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 that's a tough, First round opponent, if you're a one or two seed, man, it is. It is tougher than sure. the Bucks. We'll see. That's for sure. Oh my God, the Bucks first round is going to be a joke for the like the ninth, fourth consecutive year. People couldn't believe I said I'd rather see the Heat than the Wizards. Uh, it doesn't matter, but I'd rather see the Heat because I mean Butler's the best player we'd we'd see, but they they're not going to be able to score enough. We've seen it. That's so they, funny. They don't but shoot. It's also true. Like yeah. I, the the Hawks, the Wizards, like these are teams that at least like either vertically or with spacing, they can stretch Brook, and that just makes it it makes you less comfortable. The Heat have better players, but like they just they don't have any spacing. They just don't. It doesn't exist. And if Brook and Giannis can sag, you just don't score enough points. So and also like their roster is just bad. After you, Jimmy and Bam, it's like Tyler Hero who is going to get picked on. Kyle Lowry, who's 87 years old. Caleb Martin, who's like should be your fourth best forward, and he's like their second Gabe best Vincent. forward. All all the undrafted guys Kevin are falling Love. off now. I can't, they're starting him. They're starting him. People are like, you're, you're crazy. The Wizards are so bad. It's like KP stretches Brook. I mean, Beal is good. KP's like, averaging like 23 a game. KP is like good again. I think that's kind of gone under the radar. Kuzma is is good player. Like the Wizards, I, I think Beal. The Wizards are mediocre, but they're like good for mediocre. Yeah, so they're the Wizards. Blazers East. Yeah, <laughs> it's really it's the same. It's it's except the Blazers switched out their you know they they have the small guard. The Wizards have a big guy, but otherwise, Blazers East. Okay. Yeah, Blazers East for sure. Uh, but At, yeah. That's that's funny. That's so funny. Rather Rap- the Heat than the Wizards. Raptors would just be annoying, but I, I'm not worried about any of these teams. To be clear, like it's not like I'm, you know you know would be the funniest possible outcome is if the Heat lose out of the play-in. I just can't believe that they would, but that would be hysterical. Like what if the what if Demar just starts going off for the Bulls? I can't imagine the Bulls win anything. I would love the Bulls in the first round. That would be oh, that would be so funny. But. Um, I guess it didn't work out last time. I mean, but yeah, uh, the the bottom of the East is bad. The Nets may fall down there. The Nets are bad. The Nets would get swept by the Bucks. Yes, I think the Wizards that- could take a game in a very a chance in a very like Orlando Magic in twenty twenty kind of way. They're not again. They're not good, but they they shoot really hot in Washington, Washington, uh, and they win a game. Numak hates um, this. Have you heard that bit why I do that? Yeah. I don't know why. It, it must be a regional thing. Washington Wizards. Washington Wizards. If that's the first the round Nets. series, people are going to unsubscribe in mass numbers. <laughs> the Nets have uh the Nets have a three and a half game lead on the seventh place heat. But they are bad. Yes, but so are the Heat. Fair. Let's talk MVP time. What real quick? I wish Orlando would get in, but I think they're too far gone. But that'd be a fun. I'd much rather see them in the play-in. The Pacers I mean, make it three, into. 
They're three and a half game. You're talking three and a half game gaps. That's the same thing for them in the play-in. Yeah, but there's like four teams still ahead of them too. It's, they don't just have to jump one team to get to tenth. I mean, they have now? to jump three. Yeah, that, that's the problem. There's that's too many teams. I think Indiana, Washington are both tied. But they don't. Those they, are just a half. But three half teams team have to lose enough that you jump them. I think that's really tough to do. We'll yeah, see. That's fair. I, I'd like it. Um, Bucks are going to win in four or five, no matter what. MVP. Hi, I have to. I have to validate my seven thousand dollar bet I put on Paolo to win Rookie <laughs> of the Year. <laughs> you got that hundred bucks coming in a couple months, man. I'm looking forward to it. Don't spend it all in one place. Imagine MVP the day time. of, like, oh my God, it's you know Jalen Jalen Duran has made such a he's uh, Rookie of the Year and Rohan's just sick. Uh, I don't know why I said Jalen Duran. That would be insane if Jalen Jalen Duran would have to average fifty and thirty for the last month to get it, and he still might not. Yeah, he still would. Uh, MVP time. Yeah. So I think we've narrowed it down to three candidates. Yeah. Jokic and Jalen Duran. Oh yeah. (laughs) My guy. Jaden Ivey. I got well. I got a hundred but I got a hundred bucks on Jalen Duran for MVP and Rookie of the Year parlay, and it's worth two hundred million. So I'm just gonna push a narrative here. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's it's down to Jokic and Bede and Giannis. And you know what? The funniest thing that's happened in the recent week, Ty, What's is that, that we've had so much pushback, so much like discourse about Jokic winning three straight. It's just flopped to Embiid now. They've also been really good lately, which is I, yeah. I think it's it's reasonable. I don't think he will win. I really don't. So I just think like unless they caught the Bucks, I, I just don't think otherwise you can give it to a worse player on a worse team who you can't really argue has done more because Harden has played at a really high level this year. So it's not like, you know, he's dragging bums to this record. Like they have a good supporting cast. They've spent a lot of money on it. They were oohed and odd all summer because they got P.J. Tucker. And I still can't believe with a straight face people were like, oh, my, Daniel House. Wow. He hasn't played anymore because he's bad. It, like, it was fun that he came back into the league and he was like a vet minimum guy. And then the Sixers, everyone's like, their wing depth is insane. Like, guys, he wasn't that good. He just made a career again. Like, it's not – there's just the perception versus reality with him is weird. But – you know they're a good team. They're a fairly deep team, um, but I think they've been good lately. So he's gotten the buzz. I think he may be slightly ahead of Giannis right now. But man, that would be disappointing to me unless they actually did catch the Bucks, which is still possible, unfortunately. Yeah, I don't think the uh, the Sixers are really going to catch the Bucks. I mean, it's a three game lead. Yeah, they have a game left though, and I think they can get tiebreaker with it. They might have it either I way, think, honestly. I don't think the Bucs No, I think they do have it either way because they've won both games. Yeah, the Bucs have not beaten the Sixers yet. The odds right now, Jokic minus 250, so he's favored. Embiid plus 250. Giannis plus 900. Is this I, – I, I saw those odds floating around earlier, and I was like, is this just a consequence of Giannis missing time? I kind of think it might be. Because – that's the only argument against him, really, at this point, is that he's consistently missing games at this point. And, I mean, the last times he's played... I mean, he had a great game against Washington, but was bad late in the Philly game. You know, I, I think he hasn't had some of his best games of late. But, yeah, but he's still putting up gaudy numbers. Yeah, he is. 
but he hasn't he hasn't had that MVP moment in a while now. One of those games where you're like, you know, someone annoying and obnoxious like me tweets like, "This is why Giannis is the MVP." I haven't gotten a and tweet. Which is for why a while. I really, really would like this is this was his opportunity to do it. Is the Sixers game and the Warriors game? Yep. Two ABC games. Like yep. we talk about national TV games, like we don't really talk about that because the Bucks have them so commonly. But they matter, especially ABC games, because those factor to the widest audience. Yeah. Like, yeah. people take those games seriously because so many people are watching them. And that's why I think even if, you know, Matt Moore, who I respect and, you know, is so deep and considers so much, kind of brushed aside the national TV games, like the matchups for the MVPs, I think it's really going to matter. And I think it's going to influence a lot of voters who don't put that level of thought into it. Let's be honest. A lot of them don't. I mean, we've seen some ridiculous ballots from really, really noteworthy people. Andre Drummond, DPOI, for leading the league in rebounds. Less noteworthy people have had ridiculous ballots as well. So, you know, we can't rely on these voters to do the research and to grind the tape. So I think Giannis still has a chance. I don't think it's over, even at plus 900 right now. But I think he's got to play against Boston. He's got to play against Denver. He's got to play against Philly. Like the Bucks go 3 and 0 in those games and Giannis is like 40-15 and 8 in those games and dominates them. I think he probably wins. It might take all of that though for it to happen. But I do think Jokic's hold is a little shaky right now. And I think if Giannis powers the Bucks to first, beats out the other candidates and Boston, who's always going to be a big deal, I do think it's there for him still, but he can't miss too many more, and he's definitely got to win those games. He does. He has to make these impact moments matter. Yeah. Like, it, it just yeah, – you have to. You have to at this point. Who There's would no you vote option. for right now? Jokic. Wow. I would st- – I still lean Giannis, not just from the bias – I think I'd I think I'd vote Jokic at this point because it's like he's been the most he's been the most available and you can't argue with what he's doing offensively. You can't argue with what he's doing offensively, but I just think, you know, the still record with Giannis beats the other two guys. That's true. The best winning percentage in games. I think it's close. I don't I know. I I don't think that Embiid should be top two. I agree. I, I think he's getting there. Like, I don't think he's a distant, distant third anymore. It's like when Paul George was, entered the discussion during the Giannis Harden MVP. I don't think it's that bad. I, I think Embiid has proven he's that level of player. And so and, did Paul George that year. But it was for... But, but Embiid, was Embiid like a, has proven before that year. Okay, true. We know Embiid is... Uh, he hasn't won, but he is an MP, MVP level guy. Hey, Paul uh, George has been to the conference finals. That's true. Listen, man, I'm just – what I'm saying is I think Embiid is on the best run right now and that stuff matters more than it should. So I don't think it's only a two-man race. I think he's still in it with a chance to win. But I do think it would take the top two candidates stumbling, which – I mean that's why I think Embiid still has a chance. They have. Giannis didn't play well against Philly, a game against Joel Embiid where he did play well and then has been out mostly since then. Jokic is losing games left and right to bad teams because they don't care because they're going to be the one seed in the West anyway. And I don't think Jokic even wants to win MVP, honestly. I think he'd rather not hear about it ever again, quite frankly. 
Um, but I think they're both of the other candidates are kind of like, you know, oh, okay, Giannis isn't playing and Jokic is losing to the Spurs. Embiid's playing really well. The Sixers are on a winning streak. I, I think it's the it's a good situation for him. But I think it would take those two guys continuing to be relatively uninspiring for him to win. Or it should anyway. I agree. I think that's a that's a good way to put it. Yeah. Any other any other thoughts on MVP? Will you be mad if Giannis doesn't win? Are you pissed? No. no. I think the guy I'd be upset with winning is Embiid. I think I I won't if he like if he goes on a tear the rest of the way and they finish first. Okay, yes, but that like I'm assuming that's not going to happen because that's very unlikely. I don't know if it's that unlikely. I think it's fairly unlikely that the the Bucks surrender a three game lead this this late. We'll see how this West Coast trip goes. I mean, it's going to be a big one. I think Philly has an easy schedule, but I can't remember. It is three in the loss column, but if we're expecting the Bucks to win or to lose one of these games, realistically, the back-to-back, and maybe they won't. I mean, they've they've been historically pretty good in back-to-backs, but let's say they split them and Philly doesn't lose in that time. Two games in the loss column with one head-to-head remaining and Philly owning the tiebreaker. So then if Philly wins the head-to-head, they only have to make up one more game after the start of this week if the Bucks drop one of these two. So I think it's still up for grabs. I think the top three could shake out a couple different ways. I think it's important Milwaukee finishes first. It's not everything, but I think it is. I think so too. It's much, much easier path. And I know some people want the harder path. I think the Bucks know that too. I think so as well. Because they learned their lesson last year. Kind of. But they're not all the way. They're not all the way in though. They're more in, but they're not all the way in. They're not all the way in. And they're never going to be all the way in. No. The thing is, none of these teams are going to be all the way in. Have you seen the Celtics minutes loan? That's fair. Have you seen the? I mean, the Raptors are all the way in for nine. There's teams that are all the way in. I mean, it's the the Knicks, of course. Whatever teams Tibbs coaches quickly played seventy five minutes or whatever. And that That's insane fair. Boston game. There are some teams but, who are all the way in. We're just not used to it because we don't see it, which is a good thing. Yes. Uh, credit credit to Bud for that. Yeah. For recognizing the bigger picture and but the whole I do think- the whole org too. Yes. Yes. Uh, but I do, I do think the Bucks are in enough. Where yeah. They're also going to be like. I think they're yeah, more. We in. know, and I think the. I also think the players think that the one seed is important to them. Yeah, I mean it's more important this year because I think only having to play one of Boston Philly matters. That's a big deal. Home yeah. court it'd matters their, too, but it'd be their third time in five years that they'd be the one seed. Yeah, they were two years in a row at the start of the Bud era, era, and then three, yeah. I think, both times since. Mm-hmm. So it's a it's a pretty pretty good stretch for the Milwaukee Bucks. It is. Um, hopefully they can bring it home and and accomplish that three times in in five years. I think they're in pole position to do so. If they could take both of these West games, it would help a lot. It's going to be difficult, yes. but that would be that would be a great statement. I do think I think it's much more likely Giannis plays in two than zero of these games. That's fair. That's also something I was about to say. I was like, if Giannis wants to play one of these games, I think he probably wants to play both. I also think Giannis wants to play in general. So. Yeah. I just I, think the, the wrist is bothering him, but I, I feel like I think he'll play through enough, especially if it doesn't seem like something that he can aggravate seriously. That's fair. Which who knows? I think probably aggravate anything, but I do think there's probably levels to that of concern and, and risk. For sure. 
Okay. Do we have um, any other thoughts here? Upcoming schedule I was going to share. Yes. So we got some late games, folks. Buckle up. Monday, Tuesday, back-to-back in Sacramento, in Phoenix, both at 9 p.m. So get get the get the nighttime coffee, spike the coconut water with some caffeine or whatever. Uh, then the Bucks are off for a day before playing Indiana at home on Thursday at 7 p.m. And then blissfully get two days off before they take on the Raptors, also at home at 7 p.m. They're out west again next weekend, so... The rest is the the recuperation is going to be short-lived for Milwaukee, but a little bit of an easier trip at least next time. Yeah. It's uh, what do you what do you think uh what do you think the odds are that the Bucks, you know, go on another big win streak here? Not great cuz the schedule's really tough. I think they're going to yeah. drop some. Um I think the best case is it would be really hard to win both King Suns. I'd be very impressed if they did that. I do they think somehow do that and then lose to the Pacers at home. They've avoided those games though lately. They've done a really good job. There's been a lot of times where I thought, oh, the trap game is coming against Washington, against Orlando. Both of the Orlando games. I was like, yeah, this is probably one that they drop. They found a way not to. So I think they will handle Indy, Toronto, and San Antonio all at home. I'm not as worried about that. I th- I really hope that we see some load management Friday night, next Friday night, against Utah in Utah because the second night of that back-to-back is Denver. And I want to see them go all out against Denver. I do not want a repeat of this Warriors game where we don't get to see Giannis play against one of the other top five players in the league. Yeah, because we haven't gotten those that much this season. Or just years past. And same for the Celtics game is March 30th, and they play the Pacers on the 29th. So again, would like to see them try to win a little shorthanded on the road to then let the full team go up against the uh, the, the, the threats, the finals, or Eastern Conference finals possibilities, the MVP guys. Like These are games I'd like to see. It's a tough, though, because it's Celtics and then... Sixers is like a day or two after that. So I, I think we'll know the awards race, at least if Giannis has a chance or not, by April 2nd. Because by then we'll have Nuggets, Celtics, and Sixers all wrapped up. But yeah, I don't think we'll see a long streak. Streak. The question now is, can you beat the easy teams and then take care of the competitor teams? That's going to be what it comes down to. You beat Boston, you beat Philly, and you don't blow any horrible games. And I think you're probably holding first pretty comfortably. So what you're saying is, Ty, is maybe don't play with your food? That would be good. Which, again, to their credit, it's been a while. It has. Do we have any other last thoughts here before we wrap I, up? I'm out of thoughts. I'm done thinking for the thoughts. rest of the day. Yeah, we've. Uh, it's good to be back here. It's good to be back on the Euro stuff. Yeah. And uh, I'll say thank you to everyone for listening to this episode here on GSPN and Blue Wire. Make sure you subscribe, like I mentioned up top, to all. Uh, this feed, whether you're listening to this on your podcast platform of choice or watching on YouTube, check out gspn.info for all of our links, Discord, Substack, Playback, Merch Store, all of other our other pods here, a part of GSPN. Uh, we should have a fun make time for this coming after the Oscars are going on as we're recording. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. Do you watch any Oscar movies? No. <laughs> Banshees of Insurance. I, I thought it was okay. Thought it was okay. Thought it was okay. I know. Uh, He already knows. I didn't hate it. Just thought it was okay. 
That's fair. I thought uh, I thought the I thought Skyfall should win for being the Dark Knight. Uh, that's an inside joke. That's a again. deep, deep, deep inside joke. <laughs> tweet tweet at me if you think uh, seriously if you think Skyfall is just a there's, ripoff of the Dark Knight. There's if more than if anyone tweets you about this, you need to share the picture that you put in our group chat when we talked about this because I cry laughing. Not that's an exaggeration, but I do chuckle every time I see this pic you put up as proof. Of this theory. It's so funny, dude. Like, it's the... I, I won't even elaborate. If people tweet Rohan, he's got to share that. Because it's so funny. Um, I was thinking about that earlier today. Oh, my God. <laughs> he didn't even... Like, he was like literally debating this with Adam McGee. Obviously, is a man of culture and film and other things. And... Um, Rohan just has this one pick he shares, and that's the end of his art. He didn't say anything else in chat. He's just like, this is it. And I just, like, cracked up laughing, man. I'm crying. It um, makes me – that's yeah, like – oh, if, uh, if you think Skyfall is a ripoff of the Dark Knight, uh, if I get a tweet about this, I would be very impressed. Um, yeah. Real, real yeah, sicko listeners for- here at Hour 21 listening to us talk about screenshots and group chats. <laughs> Thank you for listening. Pod random, and we'll talk to you next time. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.